And now, Greenlight Reviews, hosted by Ann Elder and Les Roberts. Welcome once again to Greenlight Reviews. I'm Les Roberts. And I'm A for Ann. Ann Elder. The reason that Ann came up with an initial is because we're going to be talking about a movie called V for Vendetta. It stars Natalie Portman, Hugo Weaving, Stephen Ray, Stephen Fry, and John Hurt. It's directed by first-time director James McTeague. Mm -hmm. He was assistant director on a lot of the Matrix shows for the Wachowski brothers. I guess they wanted to let him show his own stuff this time around. Well, he showed a lot of good stuff in him because I think this movie was sensational. It is based on a graphic novel. And from the moment the movie started, I was absolutely riveted on what they were doing. Good storytelling. Well, it's a marvelous story. It takes place in Great Britain in the future. And by the way, this is not a science fiction film in any way, shape, or form. No, it's a futuristic thriller. Exactly. Great Britain has become a fascist state. They seem to want to quell all rebels or anybody who has a fresh and original idea. That's right. And anybody who does have fresh and original ideas is arrested, tortured, and then disappears. John Hurt is the chairman. Of the party. Of the party, yes. Mm -hmm. And all we see of him is a giant face on a screen until much later in the show. Natalie Portman plays a young woman called Evie Hubbard. She works as a production assistant at a TV station. And she comes into contact with a man that we only know as V. V is a very tall man with a marvelous voice, and he wears a mask of a kind of smiling bandit. Based on Guy Fawkes, actually. And we should say that he comes in as a very heroic character when he rescues the character of Natalie Portman at the very beginning of the movie. That's right. She is stopped by the police and can't explain why she's out after curfew. She is about to be raped. And in comes this strange man, and he dispatches the three policemen quite brutally. He has knives. He has lots of knives. Good swordplay in this film. Wonderful swordplay in this film. (laughs) Then we find out that he has arranged things so that he is going to take over the government in a year on the anniversary of Guy Fawkes Day. That's really all I want to give away of this Well, he's pretty much of a one-man vigilante until the character of Evie joins him, and then he has an aide-de-camp, or at least one follower that he can count on. Well, he had lots of followers in the movie theater, because we were all just so enchanted with this film that we didn't think it was going to be very good, or we thought it was going to be kind of corny. And following last year's Sin City, which was another graphic novel, which you and I also loved, I think we ought to start paying attention to that art form and how it is translated into film. I agree. Because this was just a corker. I thought it was excellent. And I think in the very middle of the movie, and I would call it the centerpiece of the picture, is the very long sequence where Natalie Portman's character is taken away. She's brutally punished and tortured. However... To the director's credit, the torture is pretty much an off-screen event, and rarely do we see anything terribly graphic in those sequences. I appreciated that very much. That's right. By the way, before she is tortured, her head is shaved. Mm -hmm. And poor Natalie Portman went through this on camera. They shaved her actual hair during the scene, and she was shaking and hysterical, and God, she was wonderful in this film, man. I must say that with hair or without hair, Natalie Portman is one beautiful woman, and she is an exceptionally sensitive actress. But also, as part of those scenes where she's imprisoned, Natalie Portman fishes around in a little hole made by a mouse, 
and she finds a beautiful series of letters, which she reads, and then the camera takes us to the fantasy of the story that is told in the letters. This is movie-making at its finest. It was a pleasure to listen to language that has grandeur, ideas that were tantalizing, and performances that are really quite good. At times, I wanted to say, hey, V could stand for verbose. But for the most part, I thought this was very, very good. He came up with a great line, by the way, that all of us should remember. People shouldn't be afraid of the government. The government should be afraid of the people. And there are a lot of those aphorisms sprinkled throughout the picture as well. And I felt that it was a novelty to hear the characters expound on such topics as anarchy, government interference, totalitarianism, and fascism. Those are not necessarily very fashionable topics in today's movie-going world, but I like the fact that we were hearing an issue-driven movie. That's why I liked it so much. Although the graphic novel was written like 17, 18 years ago, the references have a lot to do with some current state in our world, some countries, including the United States, by the way. I mean, there's such a lot to think about in this film. Even if you don't love the movie when you come out, I will guarantee that you're going to talk about it and think about it for days. I think so, too. And a note, by the way, Les, to those wonderful supporting actors in this film. Many, many fine performers. Stephen Ray from Crying Game. He was excellent. He plays the chief inspector for the government who is wavering. Well, he's ambiguous, as the ending is to this film. Are we indeed going to exchange one lousy government for another lousy government? Right. John Hurt, I thought, was wonderful. John Hurt, when I saw him do The Elephant Man 25 years ago, he just blew me away. He was wonderful in that movie. He was marvelous. He was marvelous in Alien. Yes. (laughs) And he's a marvelous, marvelous villain here. And they have him made up to look a little bit like Adolf Hitler. Well, he has the hair parted. And And the mustache. Tim Piggott-Smith played his second-in-command, Mr. Creedy. He was sensational. What a wonderful second-level villain. I just love this film a lot, Anne, and I'm giving it a bright green light. Well, I'm giving it a G for green as well, Les. I'm not giving it the brightest green light on the tree this time around because I think that, in all fairness, it was a little bit verbose, and I think that we could have lost maybe 15 to 20 minutes. I thought it got just a little bit long in the tooth. But for the most part, I think this is wonderful movie-making, and I think people should check it out. So for me, V for Vendetta gets a green light. Terrific. Two green lights for V for Vendetta, directed by James McTeague and starring the exquisite and highly talented Natalie Portman. Until next time, I am Les Roberts. And I'm Ann Elder. And we're looking forward to seeing you having a great time at the movies. Don't you know that you're a grown-up? I'm a grown-up. Me too. Yep, me too. But you know, these days, being a grown-up can really suck. Luckily, we're grown-ups who grew up in the coolest generation. We had video arcades. And also some of the best TV and movies ever made. We lived the origin of awesome consumer electronics. The list goes on and on. Yep, Generation X. Exactly. And we're Gen X Grown-Up. Every week, the Gen X Grown-Up podcast explores media, tech, toys, games, and more from both yesterday and today. Through the eyes of Generation Xers who absolutely love that stuff. You can find us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Or find us on our website, genxgrownup.com. Alright, you think that was good enough? I I hope so, man. I'm tired. (laughs) Who listens to a promo on a podcast and then goes and listens to a different podcast? Right. I've never done it. (laughs) Right.